0: What would you like the power to
1: do? Mobile banking
0: requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Oh boy, he always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull.
1: I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all.
0: Avery, whose show is this? And we're live. Welcome everybody here to the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin today, joined on the show by Raj Chapalu. And I'm going to warn you, this is the most fired up I have ever seen Raj. Like he was screaming at people on all access. Lakers. I loved every second of it. I'm mostly just going to get out of the way because usually it's me yelling at everybody. um, And I feel like this will be a nice uh, change. You know what? I'm going to be, I'm going to try to be the optimist. I'm going to play the (laughs) devil. Everybody needs. What's your, what's your line, Raj? (laughs)
1: Everyone, (laughs) everyone, everyone deserves an advocate. What i'm saying everyone deserves even one. darvin hams do you think darvin even needs one? even darvin yes yeah everyone deserves one uh huh what would the devil say on behalf of darvin ham <laughs> i don't know i haven't really spoke to the devil at <laughs> like, all even
0: a- even even the devil would be like yeah he should probably he should probably go um <laughs>
1: me and the devil <laughs> don't have many conversations <laughs>
0: Uh, the Lakers lose this one 124 to 108 in Chicago. It is the fourth straight. No, it was Dallas, two against San Antonio, New York, third straight loss, fifth, uh, third straight loss, fifth straight kind of listless performance, right? Mm-hmm. These were all winnable games, right? Dallas was playing on the second night of a back-to-back without Kyrie Irving. Uh, the San Antonio yeah. Spurs are the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, the New York Knicks had played four games in six nights and uh, had been in L.A. for, like, the entirety of a weekend. Uh, and then the Chicago Bulls have been the Chicago Bulls this year. This is a team that everybody thought was going to be tanking this year. And, uh, you know, the Lakers go through the stretch of what felt like winnable games on the other side of, a, of, of the in-season tournament and have completely fallen on their faces. They have completely ditched any semblance of the type of basketball that we fell in love with during that in-season tournament. Um for reasons unknown to be completely honest. Uh you know, Aaron and I try to explain it, not excuse it, but explain it and the Lakers just look like a completely different team and Raj you made the point and I think this is a, this is the place to start. This is the question that I think every yeah. Lakers fan is kind of asking themselves who like looks like they give a fuck out there, right? Like LeBron, LeBron, I like LeBron's putting up the numbers, but it almost looks like, you know, that um, the way, and this isn't a, a knock per se, but like, it looks like LeBron looks right now. He's carrying himself in the same way right now, as he was when he was waiting for Russell Westbrook to be traded. Anthony Davis is trying his ass off on defense um, but even he is, like, you know, resorted to shooting jumpers and stuff and moved away from the paint, and that shot diet is completely out of whack. So, like, outside of those guys, like, who's lighting the fire under these guys? Because it's not Ham.
1: He doesn't criticize no. anybody. So where, where's it coming from? And, and if they don't care, why should we? Yeah, that's the part that's super frustrating. Like, Anthony, you remember in school when, like, so not – don't have to put yourself into this, but like when a student, you know, doesn't really do well in school and then they do well on that one test and the teacher's like, oh, now that I see you can do this, I'm going to hold you to that standard, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that the Lakers have to play at this standard, but my problem is we just saw it two weeks ago. The IST, I believe, was two weeks ago, that whole tournament. People can laugh at it, but that was serious basketball. That was with serious basketball teams. They really wanted to win. Like there was a $500,000 grand prize at the end, but whatever, like these guys make a ton of money, and maybe that was a little bit more of a motivating factor, but there were real basketball stuff that I saw, Anthony. If you go re-watch that Pelicans game, they had Zion healthy, they had Brandon Ingram healthy, they had CJ McCollum healthy. That's a team that believes they can do something this season. Um, They just got their wing back, uh, Trey Murphy, they just got him back as well. And we shut them off. We won that game by 40 points. Like, absolutely I compared them,
0: them to a deer getting eaten by a Komodo dragon. You were here with me. The face yes. that you made has not left my eyes. Like I, I I can still picture you sitting there and squirming in your chair at the thought of Bambi yes. getting ripped apart by, by a, a monster
1: lizard. Yeah. And so the most upsetting part to me, I think, because you know this, because you know me, I hate trade talk. I hate trade SZN as people spell it out. They don't even like to spell out the season, they just put trade SZN <laughs> and it gives them the right to the license to just go and put any trade they want in the universe. Um, the athletic, it's me I think-
0: for everybody who's yeah. wondering, Raj, Raj is, is talking directly I mean, out really, and yeah, to me. No. So, I don't
1: filter your trade, so that's that's more of Aaron's job. Um, but like, smartly, the, the athletic came out today, right, with the report of the Lakers would be interested in Zach Levine, which makes sense. The Lakers and Bulls are playing, but D'Angelo Russell again struggled mightily, was had like two points tonight in 28 minutes. And to me, Anthony, the most upsetting thing is. The IST could have been a real place to springboard, right? To gain momentum. Yeah. We had a tough start, a lot of injuries. Your guys are finally healthy. And I gave them some rope, some grace, right? Um, which is shocking. Not shocking, because I'm a guy that does that a lot, mm-hmm. but like I give a lot of grace, right? Even yeah. LeBron and the Lakers are lucky that the Detroit, the Detroit Pistons are so terrible. We let the we let the Spurs end an 18-game losing streak, and we just threw that under the table. Like, oh, we didn't have Cam <laughs> LeBron's excuse was we didn't have Cam Reddish. Uh, we didn't have D'Angelo Russell. We didn't have our wings. Your wings were cam reddish in that game. Like it was there was no AD, but your wing was cam reddish. I even slid that under the rug. Even the New York game, Knicks are tough. Julius Randle plays us really well. Jalen Brunson is a tough guard for us. Like he, he gives us trouble when he plays us. I'll even even as bad as that loss was. Okay. But this one, to me, I tweeted out before the game. This was a must-win. There was no excuses. And we were down 18 in like the first few minutes. There was no defensive communication. Guys were getting wide open shots. And we talk about this a lot. As bad as shooters are, as bad as their percentages are, and they're not. Chicago has a bunch of guys playing well. Javon Carter is shooting 41% for three. We let him walk into threes. Kobe White is on a tear. He's averaging 21 or something a game. He walked into threes. And we allowed them to get hot. DeRozan got to really relax and walk his way through the game. And I just... I don't understand the process of what went on in those two. Like, did they think these ones don't matter like that, That's the part that I don't understand. These ones still matter a lot. The whole point of this whole summer. And again, I'm getting upset, so I'm calm down here. But like the whole point of the whole point of this summer and getting a training camp and What pisses me off about the trade season is we just committed to these guys. All of them. (laughs) Rui got a four-year deal. Jared Vanderbilt got a four-year deal. Gabe Vincent got a three-year deal. Austin Reeves got a four-year deal. Christian Wood even gets a two-year deal. D'Angelo Russell gets a two-year deal. As much as people want to throw him into every trade he's on a two-year deal. He could be here next year if he chooses to which it looks like it won't be. But anyway, like that was a, not his choice. Nope. Hold on. <laughs> he said he has a player option. Uh, yeah. I'm, like saying, he, if we, I'm a player saying if option we, I'm saying to the team that he's in, on at the end in, of the season, not in my universe where everything is hunky dory and we're winning. <laughs> D'Angelo Russell is on the team, right? If we are, if we're winning and he's on uh-huh. the team, he, he has a decision this summer. If he, if he's kept in any case, this is a team we 10, like, Ten minutes ago, we just committed to this roster, and everyone was like, trade everyone. We don't have the roster, or no, we need to get better here and here. There are holes in every roster. There are decisions to be made. There are rotations that have to be figured out. That's the problem. It's a good problem, right? Quote-unquote, good problem to have depth. It's also a problem. It's it's still an issue that you have to solve. <laughs> and I, With this coach, and, it's
0: especially a problem
1: because he <laughs> sees the game
0: a certain way, and we're going to talk about the ideologies here, sure. here in a second. For, but For sure. We'll get... You, Here's, here's, here's where, here's where my problem is. And this dates back further than the in-season tournament. This dates back to last year. This, this is basically the okay. LeBron era in a nutshell in the regular season. And it isn't, it is a bit a LeBron problem. Um, but it, it, it isn't like he isn't the problem, but it is, it is a like indirect a LeBron problem where. LeBron at this stage of his career understands that the regular season is all about getting reps for certain things and trying to be healthy and in the right position come time to play in the postseason, right? And if LeBron is setting your tone organizationally or, or across across this roster and that's how he approaches the regular season, guess how everybody else is going to approach the regular season. And I have called this team and I understand that this is a weighted term and I understand I don't use this term lightly. When I use it, I, I completely okay. understand that historically speaking, this is not a term that you want to use about uh, professional athletes, especially black ones, right? Because there's a lot of, a, a lot of stuff that goes into this term, but I've called this team a very entitled bunch. It's, it is a very spoiled bunch of guys and they came into the season. You talked about the continuity. We've reached a point here, Raj, where it's pretty clear that the continuity is actually hurting the Lakers in that they came into this year coming off of last year's run, thinking that, well, all we need to do is bring everybody back and, and we're all going to hit the ground running and we're all going to be so much better because we've had so much more time together without thinking Sorry. that the, that work goes into, to, goes into building on what they had last year. This, this was insane to me. As a Lakers fan of, I'm 37 years old. This was insane to me. That coming off of being swept in the Western Conference Finals, people were high fiving each other for keeping the core of a team that got swept in the Western Conference Finals together. That's crazy. For the entirety of my lifetime, if a team got swept in the Western Conference Finals, we would be like, "All right, we need to clearly stuff needs to change, so that, that doesn't happen again." Right? And that was that was so wild to me that it was just like, "Yeah, it was okay, sure." And then and then like when I even pointed out, hey, yeah, it'd be nice to give ourselves some more options just in case this roster ain't it because this roster ain't it, man. Like they don't have anybody who pierces the defense. Darvin Ham doesn't want to play all the wings necessary to optimize this roster as it currently exists. The backup center spot is a freaking disaster. You have Jackson Hayes, yeah. who's supposed to be your rim protector. He's allergic to contact, and Christian Wood is just supposed to be your floor spacer, and he shoots worse. I, I don't know. He's shooting knuckleballs. I don't know where the ball's going when he, he shoots. You. He
1: doesn't he catch. Yeah. He
0: doesn't know. He's shooting sixty percent from the free throw line. That guy's supposed to be the shooting backup center. And so, like you're yeah. telling me, all of this stuff is going on, and like. The Lakers at this point, we talked on on All Access Lakers tonight, which, by the way, playback.tv slash All Access Lakers is where you can watch games with me, Ross, Shub, Rome, and Aaron, and whoever else is is there as well. Make an account, all that's good stuff. But you and I talked a lot today about, like, Gabe Vincent and the notion of of data samples and how most of his career he has been one type of player, and then last year in the postseason he was a different kind of player, especially from uh, three-point range. The Lakers, right, um, this season, the larger sample size indicates that they aren't a very good team, right? They've played seven mm-hmm. good games where they raced through the, the in-season tournament, and they are now 7-12 in non-in-season tournament games. So you have seven great games against... Uh, some people are considering them lesser talent, right? You have a Broken Suns team. You have a Pelicans team that that is not very serious, I don't think. You have a Pacers team that can't stop them, nosebleed, right? That's that those are the things that I've been told coming out of the in-season sure. tournament. It's funny how those things get mentioned after the Lakers beat them, but whatever. Mm-hmm. That is the, that is, you know, how some people see the teams that the Lakers went through on, on their way as they raced through the in-season tournament. They have played 19 games in which yeah. they have not looked good. They've had a bottom third offense. They have a a defense that comes and goes depending on whether or not Anthony Davis is on the court. They have a coach who doesn't understand how timeouts or challenges work. Um, They have, like, it's just they have a coach who would prefer, even while his team is screaming at him, play all the wings, play the bigger Mm -hmm. guys, get more size on the perimeter. Even as the team is screaming at him to do that, he's like, no, actually, let's make sure that we have two of Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell, and Gabe Vincent on the court at all times. like at what point do we just acknowledge this is a flawed
1: bunch this just this might not be a very this might not be as good a team as we thought they might be i mean i mean you can get to that point for sure and like i just want to clear something depth anthony and i think most people get this confused because i see it online depth is not you have 12 players playing well that's not what depth is depth is you have have three or four yeah you have three or four guys playing well and you're able to choose from those guys hey Gabe Vincent's having an off night. Austin and Delo can play well, right? Or like, uh, uh b- back and forth. Like either those, either of those guys can swap. And to me, that's the issue right now. None of those guys are playing well. And Darvin Ham is searching and trying to find. And I think both of us still, even with the start, even with the injuries, we were like, okay, let's wait and judge this team. Hashtag wait to judge this team. But like, you wait to judge this team until Vando gets back. Till Trevor Van- is back. Yeah, but Vando comes back, and the Lakers are awesome defensively. Those guys played amazing together. Vando and AD have awesome defensive chemistry. To me, the biggest issue and like the loudest part of this team is DeAngelo Russell dropping from a ten to fifteen solid guard to a guy who's giving you absolutely nothing every night. And this has a domino so effect to me. He played twenty-eight minutes tonight. He had two
0: points, one of six from the field, zero oh of four from three-point range. He had uh,
1: one rebound, two assists, and one turnover. Right, which is cardio for D'Angelo Russell? Just way too talented to like walk through a game. Now, tonight is a game, and just to dive into the basketball because it's very easy to just to be like, yeah, they don't care. They care. Chicago is a team that ran drop coverage all night. D'Angelo Russell was a guard that like he is built to pick on that coverage. The whole point of D'Lo is he will get around the screen, get a guy on his back, and shoot. Took none of those tonight. Everything was just uh, all right. Let me shoot it. I, I guess I'll take it here. He's just not involved. And to me, Anthony, that has a domino effect in terms of you can't start Cam Reddish if, like, Delo's going to be nothing offensively, right? And he's giving you no production. Yeah. It's gotten to the point where LeBron is taking the ball to start games. That was Delo's time. Like, LeBron used to stand in the corner. It was like, look, go ahead, delos run your actions, run it with AD. That's stopped entirely. Delo's is just running to the corner or to the wing and standing there and waiting for the ball. Maybe there's some off-the-court stuff that, you you know, you— you talked about and reported in your last pods. But to me, that's the stuff I see. And, you, you know, you talked about LeBron's leadership, uh, I believe, here and on All Access Lakers. Just the pushback on that, Anthony, Anthony Davis just got a three-year $186 million extension. He's mm-hmm. getting $62 million a year. Like, that, a, another, I'm going to use this word again, they just committed to Anthony Davis as their franchise guy. I'm putting some of that on him as well. Like, I, there's a leadership yeah. that's left. Like, that's lacking. And I can't just there's point at void. Darwin. Yeah, there's a boy. Like, I can't just point at Darwin either for that. Like, Frank Vogel wasn't that guy for that team either. Wasn't really the, like, a loud voice in every room that he was in either. I think, like, that's a lot on your stars as well. That's part of being paid the, the big bucks. It's not just averaging 20 or 25 or 30, right? Part of it is also, hey, like, Jackson Hayes. You can't reach there. There's like, you can't, you can't. And Jackson Hayes, if you remember to start the season said, Oh, I get to learn from Anthony Davis. I get to learn, you know, from LeBron James, Christian Wood came in. I get to learn from the goats, like at my position. Those guys aren't even in the rotation. We've gone to Rui at center lineups next to LeBron. Those lineups get killed. No, there was a, there was a Rui at center lineup, not next to LeBron tonight. (laughs) (laughs) That was the thing that happened. (laughs) Yeah. And so that's where I'm like, this team has to decide. And you can't like, We fall off so hard when Anthony Davis isn't on the floor defensively to almost where we just kind of concede. To me, that's what the zone is. We ran zone for 42 minutes against the Spurs the second game. To me, that was conceding we can't stop the other team, which is nuts, which is insane for a team Mm -hmm. that has no point guard and is like 29th in offense. I just... There's a lot of, there's a lot of issues and a lot of problems with the team. Exactly.
0: Like the the point that I was going to make coming off of what you were saying there is that like, if you get your ass kicked by the San Antonio Spurs, it's a lot more than just one thing. I think, I don't think Darwin is particularly good at his job. I think he's a great motivational leader. I think he's a great leader of men, but I think he's completely blind to the game of basketball. I think, uh, I, I think, uh, you have a leadership void there. I think one thing that the Lakers really miss, and you go back and you look at that championship team, right? And like LeBron said that it was a, a big part of that how like Boogie would hold AD accountable, and and Boogie was a big voice in in the locker room to to like really you know snap everybody back into place. You had Jared Dudley on that team, somebody yeah. who. Like when when that when that team was broken apart, Jared Dudley was the person that LeBron mm-hmm. tweeted about, not Alex Caruso. Hilariously, Alex Caruso kicked the <laughs> Lakers' ass tonight. By the way, mm-hmm. luxury taxes, though, right? Um, and and you know, or T H T, whichever whichever uh, decision makes you sleep better at night. But but like I think, yeah, I think you know, when when the Lakers are as listless as they have been outside of in season tournament games, like a lot is going on and. Some of it is on the court. Some of it is coaching. Some of it is leadership. Some of it is off of the court where I, again, like, I don't know how many times and how like more clearly I have to say it before it starts to like get traction out there. But there is legitimate tension here in the locker room between various guys. And D'Angelo Russell is Russell is now looking like looking at, at, at the landscape and trying to figure out what real estate looks like in Chicago. Um, like, I, I just, it's 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 it it's a mess. The Lakers are a bit of a mess right now. And, and you know, the Bulls are on a nice little run right now. Hilariously, once Zach yeah. Levine sat, they went on this run. And that's the guy that's going to fix all this, apparently. But <laughs> Zach Levine sits down, the, the Bulls go on this run, and... Um, Even given that the Bulls are playing better basketball, the Lakers were never competitive in this one. Like they, they, they nope. made runs to get back into it, but it was like a couple fake comebacks here and there. And by the end of the game, it, it was over midway through the fourth quarter. This is the, like if if they if this game should have been over midway through the fourth quarter, it should have been going in the opposite direction because the Lakers have a huge talent advantage here, and yet yeah. and yet like that talent advantage gets squandered because the Lakers continue to treat regular season games as like scrimmages. They, they yeah. are, they are intended to, to get guys reps. And if you can win it, during that process, cool, if not, whatever. And, yeah. and, you know, like, let's look at the minute allocation here tonight. So AD plays 38 minutes in a loss, which is just brutal, man. Back like that back. is so mm-hmm. many minutes on the first night of a back-to-back. He tweaks his ankle in this one too. I don't know if he's going to be able to go tomorrow, but AD plays 38 minutes. The so prompt plays 37. That is too many for both of those guys. Torian Plintz plays 34 minutes. You have D'Angelo Russell in a night that, like you said earlier, was, was just getting cardio in. He was just get he had his Fitbit on and he was getting his steps in out there. He plays 28 minutes. Rui Hachimura only plays 16 minutes. Jared Vanderbilt, who before the game, or I don't know if it was right before the game, but when he was asked about, like, hey, are you on a minutes restriction? He's like, I don't know. Like that sounds great. <laughs> That's a that doesn't get more attention. The fact that this yeah. guy, like, who was a key part of your run to the to to the Western Conference Finals last year, just like, yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna play tonight. We'll see. Um, Christian Wood gets one minute. Uh, Jackson Hayes gets one minute in 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 garbage time. Uh, Matt uh, Max Christie, who was a big part of that uh, that swarming identity, he gets one minute in garbage time tonight. Yeah. Uh, Austin Reeves plays 28, which is fine. Gabe Vincent plays 14 or whatever. It's just. It's just it just that rotation screams to me of throwing shit at the wall and like please, dear God, let something stick.
1: Yeah. And then on the Torian front, like every coach, I feel like Anthony has one uh spot or one veteran that they just overplay. It feels like obviously Frank Vogel was with Avery Bradley and Rhonda to an extent. Feels like Torian's that guy, and it makes sense, right? I think like he's in. He's a shooter, and he shot well recently. He's taking like forty percent. I had Ronnie well. Price. Remember that? Yeah, that was, that was yes, Ronnie Price, who threw a <laughs> shoe I think one time in live in live action at somebody. Um, but the part that frustrates me is that the thing you just spoke about—the is the identity of this team—was bigger, faster, being oppressive on the top. Max Christie was a lot was a big part of that. We were rebounding really well. He's yeah. an awesome guard rebounder. He had one bad game, which was the second night against the Spurs, which I could argue eight other guys had bad games. Completely mm-hmm. removed from the rotation. Did not play against the Knicks. Did not play tonight either. Obviously, Gabe Vincent came back on a minutes restriction. So Gabe Vincent played his 15 minutes. But to me, that that's a concern as well. I, I really like Max in this rotation. And I said this before, our starting lineup, to me, like the only guy with motor is Cam Reddish. Like the only guy, and he's been—he's absolutely regressed to become like the whole team. I feel like Anthony is going through this pitfall where they're all falling together. Like usually, you have guys not playing well in spurts. Cam Reddish has come back to oh shoot, I got to average fifteen a game this season. I'm a free agent. Like yeah. it looks like that. I'm not. I'm not like saying that's for fact. But when I watch Cam Reddish play, there was he shot a play fourteen tonight times where, tonight, and like four of them were good shots. Like one of them tonight, we got to <laughs> – we got an offensive. Yeah. Re, we got an offensive rebound. I, I don't remember if he picked it or we got. He shoots a three like zero rhythm. Just pops a three. Another three in transition. Pull up like it's not you. That's that's not why you've been. Play. And this is what I mean by the like just unseriousness of it all. Jared Vanderbilt took three two threes in his like whatever minutes he played. And I, I don't I don't 13. know exactly how many thirteen minutes he took two threes in like the first six. Jared Vanderbilt take- was a
0: minus. He was a minus fifteen in thirteen minutes tonight.
1: Yes, for sure. He took those threes when we were, like, down 14, right? And if you go look at the in-season tournament games, Jared Vanderbilt was not taking jump shots. Cam Reddish was not taking jump shots. Like all, Yeah. So, like, the only people that we were, like, going to AD every time. There was a play tonight also where AD was hurt coming up the floor and LeBron just lackadaisically throws it behind the back to him. Like, just a bunch of unserious, unfocused, like, Game plans that make no sense tonight. We played off Javon Carter and played off Kobe White. How many open threes did they get in the first half? And you can and people can call Indiana a joke, whatever. That's the second best offense of the league that had 99 points with three minutes left. That team scores. They can absolutely get buckets. We shut their water off. New Orleans Pelicans, serious basketball team. Brandon Ingram is a guy who's a killer. Zion, I believe, wanted to at least show out as as much as the the talks were about him. Um, that's a serious basketball team that like has real ideas and fortunes for the season to their belief. And we punked them in those quarters. They could not reach that level of basketball that we got to. And that's the part that frustrates me the most that this whole week is now going to be about trades. It's going to be about what team is deal along. Does Zach Levine like want to go back to LA weather, but we just, just saw it. We just, I just got a glimpse of it two weeks, three weeks ago without our biggest free agency signing. People can laugh at Gabe Vincent. He was our biggest free agency signing. Our most, asset that we gave to to a player um the mle like you're supposed to be getting healthy and this is the you know the output that you put out like it's just it's frustrating and to me last thing this is a fork in the road moment for this team in my opinion you go to Minnesota tomorrow you go to OKC on the road then you play Boston at home you lose all those games Anthony you're under 500 the amount of mental kind of fortitude you would need to come back to that come back from that while Anthony Davis is hobbled while they're get, trying to get the rotation together, while you don't while you don't have a backup center. That's tough. That was the whole point of like, oh shoot, we're 15 and 10. We have a we have some margin for error. We have some room to breathe. LeBron can exhale a little bit. Oh, we're the five seed. We're the four seed. We don't have to fight for the play-in. Now you're back into that spot. The Clippers have won nine in a row. John Moran is back. I don't know if they have enough time, but whatever. That's a serious basketball team now. You're in that tier now. Go look at the standings. Are any of those teams at the top slowing down? Denver Phoenix <laughs> is getting Beal back. The Luca is playing oh, without Kyrie. I, I mean, the Mavs are playing like. But they've been uh, no, no, no. I mean, I mean
0: the, the the Suns have been winning even without one of their three guys this year, right? That's so whether right. they're getting Beal back or whatever, like they have been able to rip off wins, right? The Kinda Warriors like have coach. caught. Who coaches that Suns team? I'm trying to remember. <laughs> Frank Vogel.
1: Um, but uh the, a championship the, the, right like i think that guy that, that, that the, the guy who coaches the suns is a championship level coach Honey, mean huh. is suspended on his own accord in a time frame that we don't know but he, they've caught us they've, they're gonna catch us like Steph, they the warriors play the wizards and the blazers in the next two games they can catch yeah. us the next two weeks like this is the part that frustrates me when i said this was a must-win game people came out my head raj it's december i remember december last year I remember that that was a hell of a time. Like it gets early fast or however that saying goes. Like it gets late quick uh, in in the NBA. Oh, just ask me,
0: ask me, man. I'm 37 somehow. Like I was just talking to Jen the other day. Every time I refer to my athleticism, it's always in the past tense. Like.
1: It I just happened just like. time. <laughs> like I, I just
0: wake up one day. Yeah, like any time, like, <laughs> I used to run. Now I, I I I hope to be able to walk. Now I have to limp. But no, I I I agree completely with you, Raj. Because like tonight, I said I I you know Raj or um Aaron asked us before we we got going, um you know. I guess, I guess you and he were having that conversation before I logged on tonight right. about whether this game was actually a, a must win. And he has a very strict definition for must win, right? Your sure. season actually has to, can end if you don't win that game. To me, I think it's too narrow a definition because um, that ignores momentum. And Aaron is a very smart guy. I think a lot of times he does tend to ignore uh, momentum a little bit. And 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 uh I I considered this one a must-win. Shit, I considered the second San Antonio game a must-win, you know, because the remember the way that the, the so they they won the first one then lost the second one, right? I have that right, correct. Um that first one ended ugly. Remember, they were way up, and then they had to sweat out the end of the first San Antonio game, and I came into the second San Antonio game saying you got to send a message. You have to beat the crap out of them to remind yourselves and everybody, yeah, you are a serious team. And then not only do they not, like just lose, but they get mollywopped. Like, San Antonio beat the shit out of them. And, and it was just like, you know, the, the response to that was like, oh, we just got to get our guys healthy. To the Spurs? You snapped an 18-game losing streak. The response collectively to that, like the fact that nobody
1: was like, yeah, no, that wasn't okay.
0: That, that they, terrified they followed,
1: me. They followed LeBron's lead, right? And really quickly, and just not to interrupt you, but do you remember why D'Lo sat that game? Uh, which one? He had a migraine.
0: So, oh, like, yeah, look, yeah, I,
1: yeah, yeah. So I'm not attacking migraines. Like, I texted people like migraine, and they're like, "Raj, migraines are tough. I know they're tough. I I totally understand. Like, I get that. Headaches are nothing to play with. Four hours before the game to be like, to be listed out with a migraine, like I. To me, they just showed that, and this is not attacking D'Lo's. Well, like, this is the same right?
0: D'Angelo Russell who last year was taking games off in the middle of that sprint to the playoffs. Just you know, sure. a bit of a reminder sure. to everybody.
1: Sure, but again, this is not an attack on Delo. This isn't. This is more of a. This is more speaking on the unseriousness that we went into that game with, right? In terms yeah. of a, like, are you not feeling? Yeah, go ahead, sit down, uh, Cam Reddish. Yeah, little sore. Yeah, go ahead and sit down. And I'm not saying you can't do that through a regular season grind. But, like, to me, that showed where their head was at in that game. And that's why, even I, Anthony, that game, no Anthony Davis, right? You started Jackson Hayes. Victor Wim and Yama didn't even go off, really. But just the Spurs played with some kind of juice where they were on te- on an 18 game losing streak. Fine. Fine. You can have that. LeBron, after the game, said, you know, we're not healthy. So you can't really judge us without Cam Writers, D'Angelo Russell, D'Angelo Russell, and, and Davis. But in any case, that's fine. The Knicks one, again, it's team. a team that had lost 18. 18. And it's not only that, forget that. Actively trying to lose. They they <laughs> literally want They're to lose. They're playing so in at point guard. Yeah. Yes, their only point guard is Trey Jones, he didn't even play that night. Like he was he was out. So um yeah, a team that's actively trying to lose, he lose to them. Fine. Knicks again, solid team, Julius Randle thinks like we did something awful to like his family cuz he comes in and kill he comes in and attacks us every single time. That's fine. This one though, I can I can't I can't give them any grace on that. We gave up like 30 open shots to start this game. We didn't run back. Andre Drummond punked our team. LeBron played no defense. D'Angelo Russell was walking out there. Cam Reddish looked like 2019. Cam Reddish. I can keep going. But yeah, like it's just, it was a, it's awful night.
0: Well, and and Arthur makes the point here in in saying that the, the the Bulls came to play, and you're right. Like you do, the Bulls do deserve some credit, right? You look at some of their numbers here. Uh, Demar Derozan went 12 of 16 from the field for 26 for 27 points, nine assists, seven rebounds. Played one of the best games he's going to play all year this year. Uh, Caruso in 28 minutes, 15 points, six boards, two assists. Five of seven from the field, three of four from, from three-point range. Was a plus 15 in this one. Um, Kobe White, who has been playing incredibly since Zach Levine went down, 33 minutes, seven of 18 from the field, three of six from three-point range, 17 points, seven boards, five assists. You know, like the Bulls did play well enough to win. You know, they they, they shot collectively. Thank you, D. Uh, they shot collectively 55% basically from, from the field. from three-point range, and 91% from the free-throw line. The Bulls like completely outplayed the Lakers here. But to me, it kind of goes back to, and this is why I get kind of annoyed when people ignore momentum. When you walk into a game and you're unserious from the very get, and you give a team a bunch of wide-open threes right at the beginning of the game to get their legs underneath them, to see the ball go through the rim and all that stuff, you ask anybody who has ever played the sport before or played any sport before, right? Ask a baseball player. Hey, are you more successful when the pitcher lobs a changeup right down the pipe to you to at the beginning of every, of, of every at bat, you know, uh, are, are you a, are you a better golfer when you step up to, uh, to your, the, the first tee box and you hit a 300 yard drive as your very first shot of the game? or you or you sink a 10 foot putt confidently right at the beginning of your round um if if you're playing tennis and the and, and and the other player is serving to you and they hit their second serve first to you for the entire first set that's going to get you some confidence you're going to play better that way and for the lakers like with all of these starts and this has been a, a thing all season Raj, their first quarters are disastrous. Terrible. <laughs> like yeah. Their, their first, their, their rating, their net rating in all of these four first periods are just disastrous. And, you know, at some point you would hope to make some kind of adjustment. No, none has been really made other than uh, cam reddish. And, and, and even there, like cam reddish is, 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 you know, regressing back to the player that like, that's why he was on his way out of the league when, when the mm-hmm. Lakers got him this summer. Right. We're starting to see some of those habits creep back in. And, you know, it, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a team that, again, and, and I am, I am granting everybody, I understand that this, this term sucks in, 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 as, as it pertains to professional athletes, because a lot of people see, like, essentially when, when, when somebody says entitled, that means that, like, you know, professional athletes don't deserve to make the amount of money that they make. And there's a lot of weight behind it, societally speaking there. But when I say that this team is entitled, it's because they're entitled. It's because that they just, you know, they, 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 they come into these games at first quarter in first quarter out every single game that they have played in almost this year. They have been at a disadvantage in the first quarter. We're sitting here happy. If they're like, Down by four in the first quarter, you know, (laughs) like we're like we're like like, we're like high fiving each other on these playbacks if they're like competitive after the first quarter and they don't have a giant hole to dig out of. And that, again, screams to me a team that like like you talk about like culture setters that's supposed to be Darvin Ham's strong suit, right? Like the the, the, Mm -hmm. like buy in commitment, engagement, all of those things are supposed to be the things that Darvin Ham should be great at except every single game that they're playing in basically this year they're starting at a at at at, at a uh, at at a low point in all of these games and it's like why what's going on there you know and and like and, and there's no there's no adjustment it takes forever to call a timeout while they while the other team goes on these runs it takes forever to make any kind of adjustment coming out of those timeouts you look at the sets that how often raj have we said like like, have we ever said it this year? Where they come out of a timeout? Like, oof, I like that set coming out of the timeout. Yeah. <laughs> it's no. always like yeah. that's what you're running coming out of a timeout. Mm-hmm. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's yeah. you're going Rui
1: step back mid range contested jumper. Like, that's that's what you were looking for yeah. there. I, and and again, it's part of uh, this thing I keep coming back to in terms of the seriousness of it. The lights are just too green for some of these players. Like, <laughs> like again, I, I think Torian's a good shooter, a solid shooter. Those lights like, should be reddish just oh that's a good one yes <laughs> a little bit more <laughs> oh, yeah for sure um but yeah torian like a bunch of times tonight lebron one kick to the corner the guy's not even really that off him like he's still in his vision and torian just chucks up a three cam reddish yeah. transition cam reddish transition threes for what yeah. like that's That's not your game at all. And to me, like, again, Cam did a lot of Euro steps tonight. Just a lot of one-on-one basketball that, you know, just didn't make a lot of sense uh, for him. But, again, like, just a lot of stuff that we didn't see at all when the games mattered, when it was serious, when the basketball was at its highest level of intensity. I don't expect LeBron and AD to do that every night. But, like, I feel like there's just a lack of seriousness that's gone on. I also think, Anthony, how long can you get away with not – starting your three best players i think that's a that's a conversation too right like i think austin's gotten so good now that i don't know about you but i think most people are just waiting for him to sub in like austin in it's like seven eight minutes and the other thing they're playing them together lebron has taken lebron
0: has taken the ball away from d'angelo russell because of the way that russell has been playing lately
1: exactly but again if you I don't think he would do that to austin no and and the other part of it is like if you if you're going to like have austin off the bench the whole point is so that him and Delo can kind of separate their minutes if they're playing together then i don't i don't understand the point austin comes in for cam reddish and you have austin Delo and torian which were minus 20 i think net rating coming in tonight i think it got worse as the night has gone on um sam quinn who uh Covers the league as well, was talking about how we haven't really gone to the Vando, Austin, and DLO unit as well. And again, like the chemistry stuff has just gone thrown out the window here so far. So a lot of, a lot of concerns, a lot of things that the team has to fix. But this is a fork in the road moment. Like they got to decide where they want to go this season. Um, and I, And I think we'll find out a lot in these next three or four, three games of what their, where their head is at. And AD might sit tomorrow, but I think this loss doesn't allow him to really. Like, I think 80 is going to try and, uh, try and battle out tomorrow, which is, which is concerning.
0: So you guys could see the show, uh, the, 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 the plan for the show was, uh, the first question was, where's the give a bleep? Uh, the second question was, or the same, uh, bullet point was, uh, same question. And the final bullet point for this one was okay, but really, and really like that, I, I did that for a reason, right? Because, Mm uh, Yeah, and I I find myself asking this a lot, especially over the course of my career. Um, at this point in my in my life, like my career has been fairly fruitful. But early in my career, when the Lakers were like tanking and all of that stuff, and I was doing this for like twenty five bucks a month working at Goldsmith to pay my bills, I kept finding myself wondering, like, all right, if the Lakers don't care, why should I? You know? (laughs) And and it was especially painful when Jen would ask me that same question because it'd be like. You know, it's a good question, Jen. <laughs> it's an existential question that I don't really have an answer for. And and um and now, you know, as as we continue to try to uh, to try to build this airplane mid-flight, I find myself asking that question a lot too, where because because of what we saw from them in the in-season tournament, it may, it makes it that much more painful when we see this yeah. unserious version of them, right? It would be one thing if it was just like, okay, yeah, they just, they misdiagnosed this roster. They overcommitted to a team that uh, went to the Western Conference Finals last year and ignored the fact that they got swept when they got there, right? Um, Those games
1: were close. Those games were close. I'm going to die on that it, hill. It would, it, would, it would be nice. It was a close
0: sweep, yes. Um,
1: but <laughs> oh, that but sounds like, bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an oxymoron as uh, <laughs> that's why I never make I, don't, I never put those two words together you'll never hear me say that but yeah I'll, I'll just add the context it's a, it's, after. it's a moron on oxy yes um
0: so so like so uh I <laughs> this year though like having seen what we saw from this team in the in-season tournament it makes it that much more painful when coming into this game i was concerned right i said when this game started i said or or like in the first or second it first or second quarter i said i am really nervous that darvin ham is really going to focus on keeping two of gabe austin and dilo on the court at all times right and you look at the trio that led the way and 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 the minutes allocation by position D'Angelo Russell plays 28 minutes. Austin Reeves plays 28 minutes. Gabe Vincent plays uh, 14. And and it like that is what it looks like when you are trying to keep, you know, two or one and a half of those guys on the court at all times. Max Christie loses his spot in the rotation. Christian Wood and Jackson Hayes lose their spots in the rotation. Jared Vanderbilt still doesn't know where he sits in the rotation. But right when he gets here, uh, Gabe Vincent, feels the, the red light to be able to just fire away from three whenever he feels like it. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, if, if, if I saw more consistently the Lakers like honing their best pitch, right. it It's, it's, it, 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 it's the difference between getting various looks reps and hardening the steel or really focusing yeah. on, um, you know, the placement of the 106 mile an hour fastball when you need to throw it. But like, even when it comes time to win these games, the Lakers aren't going to that lineup, right? Or to yeah. that identity. When it comes time to like suffocate teams and get your game on, uh, you know, back to where it should be, the Lakers are still trying to execute in the half court with this five out bullshit. And guess what, man? It's not working. Like five out has been mm-hmm. a disaster this year. You're, you're, yeah. you're. They they played their twenty eighth game this year, so you're a third of the way through the season you're more than a third of the way through the season and you're still going with this five out approach that like all it does in 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 games that you're trying to get reps for all it does is give bad reps like (laughs) it gives you a bad rep and it gives you bad reps uh to 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 the guys that like you have cam reddish shooting 14 threes or 14 shots you have uh Torian Prince yesterday, in, or a couple of days ago, in a game he was struggling to shoot, he missed eight straight open three pointers. Hey, Torian, why do you think you're open? Hey, Darwin, why do you think he's so open? And it's because, like you know, when when those guys get those looks, it's because it isn't Anthony Davis getting post touches, it isn't LeBron James getting the ball in the short roll, it isn't LeBron James getting the ball going downhill against a a compromised defense. But like when it comes time to set the game in, in, in into order and get some momentum going in your favor here, the Lakers, instead of going back to the 106 mile an hour fastball are like, well, what if we, we, what if we messed around with a knuckleball? Like, <laughs> like what, what if we mess around with a screwball, even though nobody has really reliably thrown a screwball since like 1973. Like, what if we, what if we try to do this thing here that doesn't at all fit what, what like made a successful, just a couple, like last week. <laughs> this wasn't. It, it's it, it's maddening to see the Lakers so desperately cling to this identity when this other identity
1: is so clearly more productive. Yeah, right. I just thought about hitting, getting hit with a hundred six mile per hour fastball. Sounds absolutely painful. Um, that sounds. Oh man,
0: when I, when I was in um, I was in eighth grade. And there was this family, the Toloas, who if you if anybody grew up in in Southern California, you knew a football family called the Toloas. Rick Toloa Sr. was a guy who played linebacker for the Raiders back in like the 80s or something like that. Maybe the 70s, 80s. He had an oldest son, Rick Toloa, who uh, played minor league baseball for the Dodgers um i think got a, got some kind of a scholarship to play quarterback for like fresno state or something like that um didn't have mm-hmm. the good, good enough grades to really go anywhere in college football he had a younger son named ryan who had like tree trunks for legs and um ryan and rick so rick when i was in eighth grade was a freshman in high school and he would come down every so often to throw bp or to like work on his pitching Both Rick and Ryan threw crazy hard, but you never knew where the fastball was going. So I was sitting there. I was taking BP, and I was hitting against Rick one time. And Rick was throwing, like, 80 as a a freshman. He was throwing, like, 85, 87 or so. And it was, like, hard, but, like, you know, he just never knew where the ball was going. So it was, like, really hard to confidently step to the plate there. He plants one in my side. And I swear I had like the stitches bruised in like etched into my rib cage. Yeah. And, and and he like, and he throws another one. comes way inside. He goes, you know what? I'm going to go work away from batters. So I'm not putting batters at risk. Right. So he goes over there. He throws with a, uh, with a, with a catcher, like off to the side and his brother steps in and he goes, all right, here we go. (laughs) Very first pitch plants one now Ryan threw like 82, 83, and that one hits the same exact spot. So it's just like, you know, like bruise on bruise basically there. And um, and that was like that, like that's like 20, 30 Ugh. miles an hour <laughs> slower than you know, Hanley Ramirez famously had a Joe Kelly pitch break his ribs in the middle of a playoff series. So yeah, that's that's what you're and the Lakers are choosing like not to throw those pitches. The Lakers <laughs> are like, you know what, let's throw with our 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 offhand. Let's see how that goes.
1: Yeah, and that was going to be my point. And again, just on the reason why and I was going to compare it to why does Anthony Davis's jump shooting upset so many people? It's cuz we've seen it work like at least in a some stretch of time and I keep going back to this that it's too pretty not to go in. Maybe that's just the like part of his of something's wrong with his footwork or just his mental when he shoots them, but to me it's just too pretty not to go in. But like again, I don't like to go back to this. You want to you want to you want to uh you explain like the sweep that happened against Denver game i think like the total series was decided by 10 points but that's that's not that's neither here and there um what we learned through that run is that the lebron austin two- yeah i let know that, i just let that hurt I, out of your i heart. just hate the conversation that surrounds it um but in, in any case like the the thing that we know that works is the austin lebron two-man game that's a legit action that we can spam and for some reason against the knicks we just didn't do it no austin lebron screen game to end the game none of that we I think LeBron took like a break rhythm three, and then we got bad offense later on. And then we saw that hey, Rui, LeBron, and AD is kind of massive. Like that's kind of a huge lineup. That's a lot of size, a lot of versatility. Uh, you have a lot of offensive options, and we've completely gone away from that. And I just don't. I just have a hard time believing anything that this summer the Lakers went and got, gave Rui seventeen million dollars a year. The went and got gave and gave Jared Vanderbilt fifteen to thirteen, whatever the, the yeah, number, number is and we're like, "Now nah, Torian's going to get 38 minutes a game." I just I just can't believe Max Christie, like people laugh at my summer league takes, but like I feel like that was like that was a guy that they were absolutely wanting to flourish, right? That's a guy that they they went to in the summer. and was like, "Hey, show off here, get your reps in cuz you're going to get real minutes in the big in the big boy squad." Mm-hmm. They they featured him more than JHS in the summer, their first round pick, who I think should be playing South Bay. Jalen, please go play in the South Bay, because uh, I've been to six games. You haven't played any of them, but like, uh, but yeah, like I just, I just highly doubt that was a big watched part him of this. Play, team. man.
0: I don't think you're missing anything. <laughs> I want to uh, see
1: him play. I think, I think that's a great place for him to develop. But um, yeah, you know, like, no,
0: I, like the the blind hope is so much more optimistic than actually watching that dude play basketball. I don't think he's good. He's... I think Thank he's THT with like a little bit more like muscle tone
1: oh man I, i'm you know i want to see it I, i'm gonna give him some time like, worse a re- jump. yeah <laughs> yeah he needs a jump shot to 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 exist in the league but yeah like i just i just doubt that was the like route that we were supposed to take Rui getting hurt in strange mysterious ways i'm sure is a part of it people saying the mask and that's stuff that i can't quantify so i can't really speak on he's hitting three so the mask worked there but it doesn't work when he's hitting layups that doesn't make a lot of sense to me so like i, I like And I don't think we feature him enough as well. Rui's just been like a cog in the system when I feel like we paid him as a featured offensive player. You don't give a guy $17 million a year who you don't think can, uh, as a wing, like, score, who you don't think can at least score that much in a game. Like, uh, it's a lot of stuff that's really confusing to me. The Torian played more than AD and LeBron against the Knicks. He played more than Vando and Rui combined in that game. A lot of the wing minutes are, are shocking. Gabe Vincent came back tonight and was, I guess, told, shoot whatever you feel like shooting. Like, like, I just, no, str- and if you, and this what like, I called Gabe Minson a scoring guard and people destroyed me on Twitter. What else is he? Like that's go watch Miami run actions for him. Miami was very purposeful with how they run their sets for him. He got a lot of handoffs, a lot of pick and rolls, a lot of off ball screens with Bam bio, leveraging the screener, uh, the, leveraging the guy who's screening for him to get him open looks. He's not a guy you give the ball at the top of the key and say, cook. No, like, Gabe Vince is gonna make some terrible food if you just put him at the top and say cook. Like he's a guy, you have to at least get the ingredients right, set the pan up. But I'm starting to cook a little more, by the way, Anthony, which is it's been really fun. Cooking is yeah. kind of like hooping. Are you a better like,
0: cook? Are you a better chef than Gabe? Is that what oh, you're saying? I, oh I, I'm not I'm not sure about that. I'm sure Gabe could
1: get cooks. some. But cooking's like hooping. You know, you start off with like the layups with like some. Gabe like, Gabe easiest, Vincent looks like that guy in like a, a, a rom-com who like
0: the main character, like your protagonist in it, is yeah. competing like against that guy, <laughs> right? And okay. and and the protagonists find out like, oh, come on, that guy can cook too. <laughs> like, Gabe Vincent has like chiseled, like perfectly mm-hmm. like sculptured face, like just manicured beard and all that stuff. He looks yeah. like the bad the bad guy in a rom com. He's too good guy looking. That, like-
1: so yeah. I haven't watched too many rom-coms, but like, I guess the guy that like steals the girl or something like you're, yeah, yeah, you're fighting yeah. for the girl and steals him. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he looks like he plays basketball on like, you know, one, like on, on one of the teams on the CW. Like he looks like he plays, he's, okay. he's like the captain of a basketball team on some show on the CW.
1: Like, the coolest jock in the school. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Who's also kind of an asshole. Like, he's super-duper nice to everybody, but then towards Mm -hmm. the protagonist, like, says, just enough snide stuff to keep that guy, like, way down, like, seven rows below (laughs) where he is. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Gabe Vincent, I'll give him some grace, too. 15 minutes tonight, first game back, minutes restriction. That last shot I thought was one of those, I'm coming out. Uh, But he has to be better as well. I just... Yeah, we yeah. saw a Gabe Austin Torian last shooting up
0: 7% from three point range this year.
1: 2 for 16. So, I don't know what that is. Um that's uh, around that around uh, that percentage. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh yeah, like I I think he's another guy that that really um comes into the rotation and causes a lot of questions, but I don't like max out of the rotation. I don't like 13%. 40% yeah, thirteen percent. Nice. He's getting up there. He's not thirteen percent shooter. Like, there's a, there's a positive regression coming for Gabe. Hopefully, it comes. He's gonna make two in the game. <laughs> he tied his season high tonight. So there's, it's only only way to go up. Only where, only direction to go is up for for Gabe Vincent. Uh huh. Um.
0: All right. I think that's enough ranting and raving about this one and about uh. these Lakers right now. I I I, I again. I wouldn't feel so bad right now if, like you said, Raj, we hadn't seen the optimized version or at least a preview of the optimized version of this team, right? That that mm-hmm. blitzed pick and roll. Like, the the, the Lakers just played the Knicks. Jalen Brunson is like 5'7", you know? if Not once did the Lakers blitz him in a pick and roll, you know? Instead, the guy that they chose to blitz was Luka Doncic who can just throw the ball over the top of a blitz right yeah in in this one they're playing against Kobe White who's like you know six foot or so um has been absolutely on fire from three-point range while the Bulls Mm -hmm. have been on their run and they're in drop coverage not once did they blitz him with a couple of tall wings uh you just the Lakers would go to Rui at the five and they're still in drop coverage. Even while Rui is at the five, you would think you would want to at least switch everything and get out there and try to force turnovers so Uh. that you don't have to worry about Rui and Vando as your primary rebounders. Nope. Don't see any of that either. And, and again, it's just like, you know, I made the point when I was talking to Aaron about like the notion of a micro and a macro adjustment. And I think, Um, when Ham is given time, he is good at like macro adjustments, or at least better at macro adjustments than he is at micro in-game adjustments. Where I haven't seen him make a make one yet, to be completely honest. In in a game, I have not seen him call a timeout and come out with a different look. Um, it's just inspirational speech after inspirational speech, and go out there and try hard and and hand straight straight back into the pockets. When was the last time the Lakers challenged a call? Like the Lakers had a there was like a clear goaltend or there was a goaltend that clearly wasn't a goaltend. You had AD and LeBron screaming at the coach challenge it challenge. Those are actual points that are on the board. Nope, nothing, nothing whatsoever. Like, I don't think the Lakers have challenged a call in the last like week or two. And, and yeah. again, it's, it, you, you talk about like tones, right? You talk about like the tone that like LeBron sets through his approach to the regular season. You talk about like the tone that AD sets where he isn't really a vocal leader in the classic way that you, that, that, that leaders typically like vocalize and, and like from the Lakers perspective, if I was on this Lakers team and D'Angelo Russell just gets to continue to start while he's playing some of the worst basketball I have ever seen from a good basketball player, right? I know that D'Angelo Russell is a, is a good basketball player even by nba standards i think he is a good at least regular season basketball player he is playing abysmal and there is no like come to jesus moment with this guy where it's like all right man it is now 6 7 games of this in december this is still how you're going to do this where you're going out there and getting cardio fine get cardio in the hallway on 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 the on the bike back there and let me give those minutes to somebody who actually gives a bleep like nothing. And if, if I'm somebody on, on that, on this Lakers roster and I see there's no accountability there in terms of minutes for D'Angelo Russell, and, and, you know, Torian Prince can continue to play as many minutes as Anthony Davis and LeBron James, as he, you know, is, is, you know, is very inconsistent on offense and pretty consistently whatever on defense. Like if I am on this team and I see no accountability there coming from the coach, then at some point I'm going to be like, Well, then why, why should I try, you know? And I, and I feel like that's, that's basically the vibe that we're seeing when night in night out in the first quarters here, you're seeing a team just basically say, you see a starting group that knows that they aren't losing their spots and you see a a, a bench that comes in and it's like, yeah, there's nothing that we can do to actually get some minutes from those guys who, who keep
1: losing in that first quarter right and like Darwin I think he has even spoken on this and as you hear it in the broadcast all the time like I think the timeout thing is is tough to I like I think he should t- call timeouts faster but he's obviously going the Phil Jackson route right in terms of um let your let your guys play through it um try to let them go and like I just I'll tell think, you what Darvin,
0: if, once you win 13 rings I will I will be okay with this approach timeout wise
1: well, not just that right this team is just not good enough Anthony to me to flip a switch on and off. And they've obviously yeah. after the tournament they flipped it off, and getting that back up is tough. I don't like the habits that were built, especially in that Dallas game. I think we were down like twelve in the first quarter to a Dallas team without Kyrie Irving. Um, with Luca was the only real creator out there. Tim Hardaway Jr. cooking us. Um, just I've hated the kind of habits that have built. And like Laker fans get a like bad rap. There are some extreme ones, right, that really go after and do some do really unnecessary and terrible things, but. They'll get behind you in in a in a way and like, do you? I'm gonna take you back two weeks when Delo told Bruce Brown go sit down with two fouls. Everyone was on D'Angelo Russell's side, right? They're like, yeah, you know, Bruce Brown like talking too much too much shit. This D'Angelo Russell, I do not recognize. It's like there's a difference to me from playing bad and playing disengaged. Like there's a level mm-hmm. of that that I think we saw this with Russ as well at the end of like his tenure with the Lakers. Like there's a level of yeah, Russ is a bad, bad. it was like was a player that was obviously in decline but there was a level of disengagement that happened like the Clippers he went to the Clippers and obviously he turned that back on there was a level of oh shoot like wow Russ is a defensive monster now and absolutely killing it in his in his midst for them I think there's a level of disengagement in that scene from D'Lo which again I just don't understand in terms of there's nothing that's changed these last two weeks in my opinion like there's a two or three losses that have come between but like the team should have been still rolling. like my main like takeaway is just the team has turned off, like has taken the they've not only I said this before, they haven't just taken the foot off the pedal. They've like gotten out the car and they've just let it go down the freeway. That's what I'm watching. These first quarters are terrible. You can't just spot teams, 18 to 20 point leads. Teams, teams in the league are too good. Chicago was on fire that DeRozan shot 10 of 14 for mid range twos and they shot 52 percent from three it's a math game you're just not gonna win and the Lakers had a lot to do with that they gave them open three after open three they gave the Knicks open threes um Dylan Brunson cooked us they didn't trap them no defensive game plan no uh purposeful like decisions or defensive concepts that they went into this so they deserve to lose it's just I think this is the time these are these next three games are pivotal to me and they'll decide which way our season goes because we can't just wait till January 15th. You don't have that type of time. The West is too good. There's too many teams. There's like three teams in the league that are that are giveaway wins. And we lost to one of them. So like there's just there's no there's no easy wins left in the league.
0: All right. So before we get out of here, I would be remiss. Uh given today's reports, essentially from the athletic, that indicate that the you know, Lakers and and the Bulls are talking. Um I said this on all access Lakers, right? Like every team basically is in Orlando for the, for the G league uh, showcase that's going on Mm -hmm. out there. Um, And, you know, the Lakers are, uh, you know, they, they have a very active front office in terms of communication around the league, as I've been told. Um, And this was the first, this is the first night that I find myself sitting back and saying like, okay, maybe I should, maybe I should make the case for a Zach Levine trade. And, this is the extent of the case that I can make for a Zach Levine trade. You have Rui Hachimura, who is playing 16 minutes in in this one. Uh, let's go with. Uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna find his stats here on the season. He is averaging, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, 23. No, that seems high. That seems high. But I guess he's he's averaging 24 minutes a game so far this season. Mm-hmm. um which is which is still <clears throat> i think low i think they are paying him to be a 30 million or a 30 minute a night guy like close to a 30 mm-hmm. minute a, a night guy that's why he got that that extension he's barely figuring into these games you have D'Angelo russell playing extremely um uninspiring basketball he knows he's not going to be a laker at the end of the year so if you combine uh, D'Lo and, and Austin. And again, I think there's a better return that you can kind of pursue for these two contracts. But if you basically combine, uh, D'Lo and Austin, um, and I don't think you would have to send out any draft capital here because there is just no market for Zach Levine. And if essentially you're turning two guys who like one guy is aggressively, um, counterproductive and another guy who's just apparently doesn't figure into Darvin Ham's image of a team. And you can turn that into a guy who does provide some skills that the Lakers do need the ability to pierce a defense outside shooting. Um, maybe some give a bleep. If he is now in a situation that trades for him, he's a clutch guy. We have seen the impact that clutch has, has had on like Cam Reddish, right, getting with LeBron, getting with AD, and and getting those guys to stay on you to focus on those things. Maybe that's the only case that I can I can really make that that like makes any sense to me in in yeah. trading for him, Raj. I I know you don't like uh, trade stuff or whatever, mm-hmm. but it is it it's getting loud, right? For sure. Like the the, the type of basketball that DeAngelo Russell is playing, and the amount of basketball that Rui Hachimura isn't playing is starting to get pretty loud, especially when you're looking at a guy in Zach Levine who has all-star capable talent, is an insanely exciting player, does have some things at least offensively that the Lakers are lacking. are Are you starting to entertain some of
1: the stuff a little bit? <laughs> Entertain, so it's funny. After every Lakers loss, there's like my DMs get filled with people sending me, you know, trade machine requests. One guy does like three team with like ten players involved, and I have to like zoom three
0: team. Don't send three like three. If you're putting together a three teamer. Yeah, it's just not gonna happen. No,
1: but it's, it, it's like, like three teamer with like 10 players involved. I'm like, bro, this is not happening. He's like, what do you think? I'm like, this is not, this is not even a serious, you know, trade request. But no, obviously it's loud. And I think that's something you can't ignore. I also think if your name, if your last name's not Jayton's or if it's not Davis, that's part of the conversation, that's part of the equation. D'Angelo Russell. Um, is an extremely bright dude who understands the game and understands uh, basketball business. Um, he knows that's part of the plan. I think that all the Lakers do. Zach Levine stuff, I mean, I, I get it. LA guy, you know, star with two quotes around them. Like, I totally I totally get it. He's on a five-year $215 million, $215 million deal. Like, you are investing in Zach Levine, basically, as your franchise guy. And then we just went through, Anthony, all the problems you just went through your uh, that you want more wings to play, that you want a wing-heavy team, you want size, you want athleticism, you want defense. Zach Levine doesn't cover up for any of those. He's going to improve your offense for sure. None of those things. None of those things. Uh, I think he's an okay rebounder when he wants to be. But Zach Levine's on a super max deal. He's not coming here to box out guys. He's not coming here to chase over the top of screens and give back pressure. He's coming to be our ball-dominant scoring guard, which I think can help this team, for sure. I just think it gives you a lot of the same limitations, and this is why I'm so upset, because, like, the 15 and 10 was so important, because I wanted to learn. Like, if we went through this season, Anthony, like, if we were, let's say we were the third seed, fourth seed, and you figure out, hey, Rui Hachimura just doesn't fit into the equation. D'Angelo Russell doesn't fit into the equation. We found this out. We played, you know, we, we were healthy. We learned, like, hey, these guys just don't fit, and we're able to upgrade, and build right the word i use all summer was build that's what continuity means that's what it all is part a zach levine trade was essentially like tear down and you'd start from a whole new core you'd start from a whole new set you'd pretty much just throw last season away kind of and you'd still have austin reese but th- that's where like the zach levine stuff is cutting the cord on what last season was and being like no like that team at that that run was actually false that was actually extremely flawed we actually didn't believe it enough uh, we don't think that this core could have won with nice role player pieces around it and let's go get Zach Levine which i understand it i would get it from an asset standpoint dilo's a free agent this summer but i hope that's not the route we go i hope we're in a, i hope we are able to build with this team and not tear it down and replace it but i get it This the it's going to get loud it's going to get louder I just don't think anything's happening till mid February, which it's December 20th. Like, how are we already here? How are we already here? How are we in the what can we get for D'Angelo Russell? Zach Levine sitting out for injury purposes. Let's make a deal. Like, I was hoping that would at least give me till end of January, but here we are in mid December, uh, speaking about it. So, but I get it. All right. So, I so really
0: here's a couple things that I would, I would. I feel need to be mentioned as far as the Zach Levine trade goes. Rui and Russell don't get you there by themselves. You would need to add more salary on top of it, not just to get to Zach Levine's number that you have to match, but also to stay under the hard cap. So you have that going on. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lakers also, if you trade for Zach Levine and you keep Gabe Vincent on the roster, now you have Gabe Vincent, Zach Levine and Austin Reeves. and what's to stop Garvin from playing too much of those comb- combinations, which is now a, a, current problem. Um, there's also the fact that to this point in the season, and I need to mention this because look, I, I don't like to consider myself a reporter. I'm not, I, 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 I think journalism is kind of broken and I don't really want anything to do with it as it currently exists right now, but, the Lakers have maintained steadily that Zach Levine is not the type of player that they would be interested in, and he is not the player on the Bulls that they have their most interest in. In order, their interest in Bulls are Alex Caruso, bit of a gap, Demar Rosen, big gap, Zach Levine, for all of the reasons that I outlined. Right, it is so much money coming back to a guy who has not committed. To doing the kinds of things that the, that 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 you need to do, making the amount of money that he does to win basketball games, right? It's not just defensively, but offensively. He is so talented physically that he should be a better passer. Like he gets into gaps and stuff like that, and he doesn't do anything with with the gaps that he forces as a facilitator. That makes you less efficient offensively. Um, the the last thing here on on this front is that because the Lakers can't do anything with either D'Angelo Russell or Rui Hachimura until mid-January, like to a certain extent, it makes it that much more important for Darvin Ham to really optimize what he has between now and then. And that's the part that really frustrates me here from a basketball standpoint. I know you guys know how I feel about like team building and I am in love with the trade machine and all of that stuff, but I am still a basketball guy first and foremost. I remember I did a podcast with, with Pete earlier this summer. The first thing he said to me was like, man, you were talking about like windows with Gabe Vincent versus Dennis Schroeder. I didn't know you had that in you. And I'm like, dude, I I was a basketball (laughs) coach before I started doing this. I love the sport. Um, And You know, with with all of the stuff, like I I do have to relay information as I get it. And and that is a big part of what I do. But like most importantly here, and this is why Raj and I brought the fire in the way that we did in this episode, is because like the basketball sucks right now. This is not a good basketball product. And it is a basketball product that we have seen be good at one point this year And, and at various points this year. It's a basketball product that was good last year. Rui Hachimura was a big part of that good basketball product last year. And he's been basically an afterthought all year this year. We still, Mm -hmm. like, I could go through the, I would have to do a whole bunch of scrolling to actually find it. But to find the four man lineup of Austin, Rui, LeBron, and AD, like, there still isn't enough of a sample size to draw any conclusions from what that group looks like together because the focus this year has been on trying to do anything whatsoever to, 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 get, to, to keep Cam Reddish going or to keep Torian Prince on the court. And so like, you know, you look at that, that lineup, you know, the, the, the lineup information that we have here, that's a four player lineup. I am going to, you know, try to find (laughs) this team it has a uh, Hachimura on it, and, and it's just, it just doesn't, all right, so Rui, I'm already scrolling down, <laughs> it still hasn't played 20 minutes together yet, I'm looking at it, LeBron, Davis, Hachimura, Reddish, they've played 26 minutes. LeBron (laughs) is unbelievable. This is like your, the core, like, print, like, the core lineup of the group that you played last year was with LeBron, AD, Hachimura, and Reeves. And nope. (laughs) It's insane. Uh, so, yeah, I, uh, Raj, Raj, uh, just had his power go out, which is pretty perfect for, for, uh, tonight and, and the type of, of situation that the, the Lakers have put us in. And we've been here talking for an hour and 15 minutes. So I'm about to wrap it up. But I, I think to me, the point that I hope you guys take from this show and from the season to this point, seeing as the Lakers have watched themselves play great basketball and moved away from the identity, that led to that great basketball is until they return to that great basketball, why should anybody care? What's the point? What are we supposed to like? There's no conclusions to draw from it. This is you're choosing to be a lesser team. You're choosing to play a brand of basketball that makes you worse. So as, so long as that continues, why should any of us like really dedicate ourselves to like to analyzing this team? that continues to choose to be a worse version of themselves. And uh, until that changes, you know, like I, I'm still going to continue to be here and we have some cool announcements about this, the, the show moving forward because we're focused on becoming a better show and we're continued. We're, we're focused on continuing to grow. Um, But, but uh, I wish we could say the same thing about the Lakers. So uh, that is going to do it here for this episode of the Lakers lounge. Thank you uh, very much to Raj who hopped on, uh, to, to talk us through this. I enjoyed like Fired Up Raj. That was great. I, I want more of that. Um, thank you, everybody, for tuned in live. This was one of our biggest shows ever, um, and you guys stuck with us through the entirety of these this episode, so thank you guys a ton for that. Um, Aaron and I are going to talk tomorrow, uh, again, live in the lounge uh, in the afternoon somewhere or another, so uh, check in for that as well, and then we will wrap things up um, on the other side of the Minnesota Timberwolves game to send you into the holiday weekend. If you haven't already, check out for a preview of tomorrow's game. Check out the conversation I had with John Krasinski, not of the office, but of The Athletic. Uh, that was a really fun conversation uh, that that uh, I, I I don't think has gotten enough attention here on YouTube or in the pod feed, so check out that as well. And until the next time you guys hear from me, I'm Anthony Irwin. So you can have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's. And I'll talk to you tomorrow.